Welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. And if you are listening to the podcast because you missed us live, you can also send us your questions on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. And we will be sure to answer those questions just as soon as we are in the studio together again. Uh, well, today is Wednesday, halfway through the week. and Hump day. Yeah. It's called hump day, right? And... uh because it's midweek day, and if you can get through today, you can get through the week, I guess, yep. is what the thing is. Well, it's interesting that this week we are talking about uh, schisms in the church and church mm-hmm. splits, and uh, there's a major crisis in the United Methodist Church, um, and they're basically dividing because you have uh, theological conservatives who are getting ready to leave and leave it all to be pretty much a liberal uh, run and liberal uh, dominant uh, denomination. Uh, and it all comes about, about it's about LGBTQ. I know you find that hard to believe, <laughs> but that is what it's about. And, um, you know, that, that's that been going on in a lot. It started, I think, the Episcopal Church. I think they, they had it. They had it in the Presbyterian. Now it's at the Methodist Church. And, uh, but... You know, uh, they there was a revolt that began back in 1968. Wow. Um, uh, and it goes back to clear language that uh, represents a very clear biblical teaching on homosexuality that the General Conference adopted and uh, back in 1972. So think back. I mean, that's, what, 50 years ago almost? About yeah. almost yeah. 50 years ago. And ever since then... The liberal uh, group of that denomination have been trying to move them to normalize same-sex relationships as well as now transgender and everything else. Uh, And so, uh, but there's a a case in Georgia in the North Georgia Conference of United Methodist Church. uh, And um, right now there's where the liberals are pretty much in full control. control i guess or or at least they're trying to be and um unlike other churches though or denominations where the the liberal wing pushed and actually changed doctrine and discipline within that body Mm. uh, the united methodist church even though they do have some churches within it that practice homosexuality or they affirm it uh they still haven't changed the doctrine yet and some of the disciplines regarding it. So, um, but that looks like it might be about to change because of what's going on in uh, Georgia, because uh, it's a fairly prominent church up in Georgia uh, is standing. Uh, it's in the suburbs of Atlanta. It's in East Cobb County called Mount Bethel United Methodist Church. It's 175 years old. 
and um, it's pretty conservative, um, but um, it has a Christian school and other ministries that are tied to it. But the liberal leadership of the whole denomination, uh, including the bishop in that area that they're supposed to be under, um, uh, they don't want to allow that congregation to leave the United Methodist Church, which it wants to do if they make it, uh, uh, you know, if, if it makes it under the current leadership to the general conference. Because what happens with these churches and denominations is, let's say you have a Presbyterian church. I know of uh, several where this has happened. And the denomination itself says, we affirm homosexual marriage. We affirm homosexual men and women in the pulpit to be elders, teachers, leaders, whatever. Well, then uh, this church operating in, like, say, just, you know, uh, Nantucket County, uh, North Carolina says, well, we don't buy into that. So we are petitioning to leave the, the whole denomination. And they start their own independent church. Why do they have sense? to petition? Why don't well, they because leave? the church owns technically the land oh, really? and everything. Because okay. I, I think uh, there's some element of ownership there. I'm not quite sure exactly how it works, but I know that there's some element of ownership of the 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 overall denominational body, whether they either made whether they made the initial purchase of the property. I don't, I'm not sure how. Uh, hmm. All of the ownership works, but you can't just up and say, hey, we're changing the name and and uh, affiliation of our church. You have to petition through the conference itself, I think, uh, to do that. But that's a big deal up in Georgia. They don't want them to leave because they're a big church. Because what happens when those big churches are part of a denomination? Well, that brings funds into the hmm. denomination. And so... Uh, but uh, the pastor said at a recent press conference, unfortunately, my options were to accept the move, take a leave of absence, or surrender my credentials hmm. as to what's going on. And they didn't really consult with me. This is just the way it is. And so um, there's supposed to be a consultation between the bishop and the cabinet on one side and the leadership of the church on the other, but that's not happening. So... Um, they, the bishop in Atlanta said that Methodists could disagree on the issue of human sexuality, but we can't. Uh, we could disagree on that issue, but we can agree that it's not an issue that should divide our church. Mm. So, in other words, what he's saying is, yes, we can disagree on this issue, but it should not divide our church. What do you think about that? Well, I think what they're saying is, if if you and your church want to accept and affirm homosexuality as normal and okay before God, you can do that. Yeah, I'm saying, but I guess my question is, do you think that you can be a Christian as far as saying that you are following the word and, and, and affirm The practice of homosexuality is incompatible with Christian teaching, period. Right. So, there, there, there's no... There's no ambiguity about that yeah, so in Scripture. Should you then um, fellowship, I guess, uh, should you be a part of a denomination that affirms that then? So, cause what he's well, saying, would you be part of a denomination that affirmed adultery as being okay? Yeah, no. But oh, he's okay. saying that. <laughs> yeah, he's it, saying he's that saying, you should. He's saying it's like, uh, you know, a trivial matter. 
right? Yeah, that's, well, that's his basic he, well, argument. Here's what the bishop said: I long for the day when every child of God is truly welcome into the church. See, the 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 card that they play is that we're all God's children and we should be loving and accepting of all people. Well, you know, what did Jesus tell the adulterous woman? Go and sin no more. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the, the 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 lame man, go and sin no more. It's, it's one thing to allow people to come to Christ from wherever they come from. It's another thing to allow them to remain there unchecked and unchallenged if they continue to live apart from God's design and God's word. And, uh, you know, the, the thing is, for 2,000-plus years, even into the Old Testament, so let's say 4,000 years, homosexuality has been around Mm -hmm. it's not been something that just popped on the scene in 20 you know let's let's say in 1950 and you know all of a sudden now we've never faced this issue before it's all through the bible you see it addressed god's design is for a man a male not a woman who thinks she's a man but a male to be married to a female, to reproduce children, part of a faith community that continues to uh, extend the faith until he returns. Yeah, and you know, it's uh, I think it's it's one thing uh, to have someone who uh, may feel those unnatural urges, right, and who does not identify themselves as a homosexual, but just identifies themselves as a Christian, and so they lay that down. But it's another thing to forsake your identity as a Christian to take up the identity of homosexual, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's a an issue that we don't really think about too much in those terms. Like when you become a Christian, that is your identity. You are a Christian. Okay. You're not a, a you know, a homosexual Christian. You're not a black Christian. You're a Christian. Well, yeah, you're exactly right. But here's part of the problem. The bishop is a female. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to get into that issue on Friday about women as elders and in positions of leadership over men in the church itself. How long has the Methodist uh, denomination allowed that? Oh, they've allowed that for a long time. But see, a a friend of mine went to counsel a church up in the north about this very issue because their church was going to divide over this issue. And the people on the committee choosing elders and the leadership said, hey, you know, why can't women be elders? And he took them to the scripture in Timothy and said, this is the qualifications. And this is what Paul says about it. And they said, yeah, but wasn't that culture um, more, um, you know, restrictive to females and weren't they, you know, women were marginalized and that's true. But God knew that when Paul wrote the letter to Timothy And it wasn't just about that because he takes it all the way back to uh, Adam and Eve. And we'll talk about design issues. But my friend told him, if you're going to do that, you might as well let homosexuals practice openly in the church. And this is where we are. One other thing before we go to break, this bishop said, as clear cut as you see the matter of human sexuality, a lot of people over 60 see it clearly, but my 16-year-old and her peers don't get it. Well, isn't that a failure of you as a parent? Uh, duh. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also, since when do we allow a 16-year-old's view yeah. of the world to shape 
what a whole history of a church has recognized as valid. So anyway, yeah. we'll talk more about that when we come back. All right, so make sure you stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. That is Need to Breathe with Brother. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, the first segment of the day, we usually talk about what's going on in the news, um, and then sometimes we bleed over. And right now we're talking about um, the Methodist Church and the the split uh, that seems to be apparent coming up over the, the issue of sexuality and how the church should address that. And we're using that to talk kind of about uh, broader how we should address that uh, as well. And, you know, kind of before the break, I was saying that our identity needs to be as Christians. Right. And I, I think people don't kind of understand what I'm trying to say there. I, you know, I, I, it's not that I don't sympathize with people who have these urges that, um, you know, are not in line with how God has created us, but it's that the Bible is specific on how we should act and how we should behave. And, and if you have those urges, I think that you should refrain from them and act as a Christian and, and find your identity in Christ rather than in some urges that you have. And, and the reason that this is important, because a lot of people, you know, especially my age are like, you know, what's the big deal? Uh, the first, the first uh, uh, thing that God instituted, the first thing that he ordained was marriage. Mm-hmm. And in that human sexuality and how we should function, if you attack marriage, you're attacking the foundations of what it means to be human, right? I mean, the only other thing that, you know, was said before that is male and female, he created them, right? And so, I mean, we're attacking that as well, but uh, that is why it's important because it's important to a biblical worldview. And if you take away, you know, the biblical worldview, you know, what, what are you, what are you getting from the Bible? Well, 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 I talked about this in SWAT today, by the way, if you, 
want to join one of our SWAT meetings. There's still three this week. One is on San Jose tomorrow morning at 630. Uh, One is Thursday night, uh, tomorrow night at 7 p.m. By the way, I sure appreciate I did get one email uh, from a listener uh, about uh, going on to the Zoom. You're welcome to join. Just send me an email at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug at SWATradio.com. I'll send you a link to be able to get into that Zoom one tomorrow night at 7 and then Friday at the Village Inn down in St. Augustine. But today at SWAT, I was talking about how, you know, the um, this whole idea of <clears throat> division in the church and how God has set a design for not only the church, but he set a design for his people to follow. And you can't cherry pick which part of the Bible you want to accept and which part you don't based upon your own, you know, certain desires or whatever, you know, so, so the, the argument is, well, God made me this way. Well, he also allows people to be born with heart defects. It doesn't mean that you celebrate those and go, Hey, we want to celebrate your heart defect and we want you to live in that condition. No, people go and they, they receive treatment and they try to get a new heart and, and, and have that happen. And that's a consequence of sin in the fall, not of God's original intent. Yeah. Well, that's the whole point. And, and the point is uh, Taylor, that when people, when people have desires, whatever they are that go against God's design, that is sin. We don't like calling it sin, especially in this culture. That's one of the problems. In fact, with the church up up in Georgia, I was reading you a quote uh, about it because uh, what they want up there is they they have this thing called the Book of Discipline. And the Book of Discipline for the Methodist Church is it's kind of the instrument that set forth the, the actually the laws, the plans, the the organization, you know, we were talking mm-hmm. about organization, the framework. <clears throat> that, That's like uh, like Anglicans have, I think, the common book of prayer is it, like, well, kind of like that. Yeah, the, the book of discipline kind of lays out um, the how the ordinances, the, the ordinances and stuff. And they define what is expected from the members and the people who serve the members as under shepherds to be effective witnesses. And this has been you know, around for a long time, 200 plus years, they've been doing this. Well, what they want to do and what this particular female bishop up there wants to do is she wants to remove what she terms uh, harmful language about LGBTQ people and restrictions on marriage and ordination from the book of discipline related to homosexuals and transgenders. And, and she makes a statement that clergy has always had discretion about which couples they agree to marry, and nobody's going to be asked to do something that goes against their conscience, right? Yeah, it's against their conscience to allow this in. So they're already being asked to go against their conscience. And just that statement alone, think about that. We're going to let every church kind of practice their own particular views on this issue we don't do that on other sin issues i mean we don't do that on adultery we don't do that on stealing 
Can you imagine in any other sin out there? But now, because this is what our culture is saying we have to do, you're seeing people cave, and you watch. You're going to see pastors and churches either fined or persecuted for preaching the truth about God's design with men and women and transgenders. It's coming. I mean, it's already happened in Canada, and it's going to come here. And so are you prepared as God's servant not to be unloving, but to be truthful? Because being loving, you're not being loving if you're being untruthful to people. To to, uh, tell somebody a lie, to affirm a lie, is just, it's wrong, it's sinful. Yeah. And so... Uh, there's two ways you can deal with this. And if it's, well, it's against the law. What's against the law? Well, it's, it's hate speech. It's not hate speech. Hate speech is telling somebody they can think they're a boy when they're born a girl and they're a girl. That's hate speech. That's messed up. That's gender dysphoria. And it has been for a long time, only until this most bizarre set of, you know, uh, platform issues came out in the last two elections has this kind of stuff been out there and so we are fulfilling what romans 1 says romans 1 talks about people who suppress the knowledge of god will move from sexual revolution to homosexual revolution then to a debased mind and that's where we are that we're, we're so debased right now that you've got a guy who used to be an Olympic decathlete winner who's saying he's a girl running for governor or opposing a run for governor for California. And people are celebrating that. And I'm looking even his own children are, are doing away with their social media accounts because they're embarrassed by it because it's like, that's what they're embarrassed mm-hmm. about him running for governor as a Republican. Not what yeah, he's I know. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. But, but you're right. They're more embarrassed about him pretending to be a girl when he's a boy. No, they're more embarrassed about him running for a Republican. I know. That's what yeah, I'm saying. They, yeah. But, but I mean, like, he, they're, they're more embarrassed about him being a Republican than being a girl. Yeah. Pretend, I mean, a boy, pre- boy pretending yeah. to be a girl. And, and But here's the other thing that happens a lot of times. When you get a high-profile person like a, a Bruce Jenner, and that's what I call him. It's not Caitlin. It's Bruce. Bruce is trying to be Caitlin, but Bruce will never be Caitlin. He's just Bruce. Uh, and if you call him Caitlin, then you're you're affirming gender dysphoria because that's what Bruce suffers from. And Bruce has a sin problem. And Bruce needs Jesus. And we need to pray for Bruce. And we need to pray for this church up in Atlanta that's holding fast to the truth. Uh, of the gospel and it's trying to hold to God's word about design for marriage design for the church. And that's what we're talking about all week, these splits and schisms and how we deal with it. And we said on Monday, we looked at this whole idea of what the problem was with the first division. The widow's needs weren't getting met because we're in acts chapter six, but then we saw the priority of the, um, of the shepherds and the under shepherds there in the local body. And that's to preach the word. Well, I think they're preaching the word in this local body, but in the overall United Methodist body, there's a lot of people that aren't preaching the word anymore. And, and traditionally 
uh, a lot of times United Methodists are more involved with social justice or social, uh, not social justice, I mean, I'm sorry, social uh, programs, you know, uh, socially getting out and, mm-hmm. and doing things rather than the preaching of the word. John Wesley rode everywhere and preached the gospel. And, you know, preaching and teaching and praying is the priorities of the shepherd that should be. And that's what we covered yesterday. Well, today we're going to look at the qualifications for the men God raises up. And I specify men because that's what it says in his word. And it's a very specific Greek word that means a male. And a lot of times we don't like talking about that in our culture because it it appears because what people do when you start using language like that, you're demonized as a male chauvinist, as a patriarchal uh, guy, as somebody who uh, just wants to put women down. No, I, what the scriptures teaches is that the, the leadership of the church, the local church, should be men as elders. Women can serve as deacons. Women can minister in the church, but not in the leadership authority over men, according to what First Timothy says. And so um, we don't compromise on that. That's what God's Word says. And when you compromise on that, you can rest assured you're going to end up compromising on other things. And so it doesn't mean women can't be involved. doesn't mean women can't serve in the, and minister in the local church. doesn't mean a woman can't give her testimony, can't give up and share a verse. But it's talking about serving in authority over men. And so... Um, I got a question for you. You know, we're talking about a schism here between them, but there's also the schism, you know, uh, heretical schisms and kind of delving in the difference of how you should respond to the two. I mean, I I think that can be confusing for some people, right? Well, there's schisms over theology Mm -hmm. and there's schisms over carpet color. You know, I mean, like, and so when we come back, we will kind of go back over that just a little bit to clarify that, okay? All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, A Store and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. Uh, We'd also like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, and all of you who listen online, wherever you listen in the country or around the world. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. Sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That is Mercy Me with Even If. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 6 verses 1 through 7 this week uh, we're talking a little bit um well we have been talking about a problem of division and distraction and then the priority of god's shepherds uh we're going to get into um, the people god uses to lead the church but before we get into that i kind of wanted to ask a question um that kind of relates to what we've been talking about 
going on the news with the Methodist churches. Um, I guess maybe in my mind, I would think there would be a distinction between um, division that is, uh, you know, uh, I guess a division that that in in that is from a you know just from a difference of opinion in a division that is you know kind of based on you know heresy or uh how we should deal with that um as a church if if you know there's a difference to to note in that or not well here's here's part of the problem in the new testament all right when a when a letter was written to a church it was to the church of the city mm-hmm so you didn't have First Baptist Jacksonville, San Jose Baptist, Mandarin Baptist, Northside Baptist, Beaches Baptist. You know, you didn't. Mm-hmm. You wrote to one church. So if you left the church, where were you going to go? You had to move to another city, right? And so um, when you look at churches in the Bible, it was just one church in the city, and. Um, it was really not about people moving and leaving from one church going like we see today, right? And when you look at a church, people ask all the time, what should you look for in a church? You know, what marks a healthy church? Well, um, the church leaders, the elders, pastors, whatever title they give them, um, they should be faithful ministers of the word, humble men who are leading and teaching the word men who pray and men who are good teachers. And by good, I don't mean just necessarily the best communicator. I'm talking about people who accurately teach the word of God. Um, they should administer the, the Lord's Supper and baptism. Those are the two sacraments uh, of the church. Uh, they should exercise church discipline. In other words, when a member of a body is going against God's word, they should not allow that to continue unchecked. That's a pattern of healthy churches, and we are commanded, go to the brother, take a brother with us, then bring it to the whole church, and then treat them like a tax gatherer Gentile. And they love each other in the body. You you see a community that loves each other. Um, but now, in our culture, because you have all these different uh, denominations, a, a lot of times do you leave a church because you're arguing over carpet color, you know, putting in new carpet and they think it should be this and that. And, or they're spending too much money. Is that worth leaving a church over? Well, it depends. I mean, is it pride or there, is there pride in the leaders? Um, is it damaging? Have you confronted them? Have you gone and taken a brother? If there is sin, don't just leave, go through the marks or the steps of discipline. And by the way, uh, just because somebody's a pastor doesn't mean that that if you see something they're doing that's sinful, you can help address that. Sometimes people feel apprehensive to do that, and a lot of pastors end up um, making very bad choices and end up resigning because nobody ever challenges them. Nobody ever sees them. I'm not talking about challenge them on the, the color of their tie you mm-hmm. know, or, or, or something. I'm talking about sin issues. And so, um, but you think about all the issues that can come up, um, you know, when people are talking about the gospel, Chuck Swindoll said this, and I don't think it's original to him, but in, you know, unity in the gospel, Mm -hmm. I mean, we have to be on the same page as far as the gospel message. 
that Jesus died. He lived a perfect life. He died and was resurrected. And he is the only, only thing necessary for you to be in a right relationship with God, period. No deviation for that. That's, that's the gospel. Paul said anybody who preaches anything different should be accursed. But he said in uh, all, he says, so he said in the gospel unity, he says in um, the secondary issues, you, you have um, liberty. Mm-hmm. I mean, freedom to disagree. So my question on this issue about homosexuality in the church, should we take that as an issue that has to do with the gospel and that needs to be unified in the body about what, how to address it? Or is it something that, um, you, you know, there should be liberty in, yeah. you know what I mean? Should we treat this as a heresy or as just a, a fundamental difference in, as say like how some people think you should sprinkle for baptism as, as opposed to dunking. Right? Well, yeah, that that's a different issue because you're talking about, a deviation from from God. All right. So what what is the what should a pre, what's we talked yesterday about the preacher's primary role? What's the preacher's primary role? To to pray and preach, right? Mm-hmm. And so what does he preach? He preaches the gospel, but he preaches God's word. If he is going away from God's word, or when his own errors or weakness, um, you know, reach. Um, basically a point where it's affecting the body to where people think it's okay because he endorses sin, whatever that sin is, then that may be time for you after you, if you confront him, I think the first thing is always to go and to have a conversation with him and clarify and, and try to go to scripture and see maybe you're in error. Maybe he's in error, but if you believe he's in error, and he's teaching something that is sinful is okay, then take somebody else. And then if he still doesn't recant, then, you know, you have a choice to, because you don't have the authority in a church to go before the whole body. I mean, you can tell some people, but the shepherds, the elders are the ones that have the ability uh, authority wise to go before the whole body. You let the body be known if you're in that position, but if not, you're going to be forced to go find another place to worship. So should we look at these denominations that say homosexuality is okay? Should we look at them in the same way as like the Gnostic heretics and just, you know, that there's no fellowship to be had there or should it be uh, look at it another way? Uh, well, you know, <laughs> it's a real interesting uh, question. And to be honest with you, it is, it is one of those issues that I think is going to become more prevalent for the church and be more impactful for the truth of the gospel um, as far as, like, dealing with that. Because if you're talking about carpet color or the way a particular philosophy of ministry style, that's one thing. But when you talk about deviating from things that God has said in his word is sinful and affirming that. <clears throat> I think those uh, I think those issues rise to the level of needing to be unified under. Mm-hmm. Uh, because to me, what is the gospel? Okay, the gospel 
See, we think of the gospel as just being saved, right, in our culture. And we've addressed this before. If you go back to Isaiah 52, and it talks about in, in the Septuagint, which is the Greek version of the Old Testament, the same word used, the good news there is used over in Romans 10, the same Greek word. It's euangelion, which means good news. But it defines what the good news is back in uh, Isaiah. <clears throat> it is salvation, which is part of the gospel, but it's also that our God reigns. Well, is God reigning? Are you teaching that God reigns over your sexuality if you're affirming that homosexuality is wrong? Yeah, if you're affirming that it's wrong. If, yeah. if you're affirming that mm-hmm. it's wrong. Are you affirming his lordship and his reign if you're affirming that it's uh, it's okay for you to practice that lifestyle no no so that would be a gospel issue a unity issue for Mm -hmm. me based on that because it goes to lordship Mm -hmm. and lordship is a part of salvation it is it is a part of it, it you you cannot divorce the lordship of jesus from his saviorhood the two sides of the same coin a lot of people try to a lot of people want to but uh, it doesn't mean you keep his law perfectly it doesn't mean uh you keep his commandments perfectly but what it means is your desire and your acknowledgement is that he is lord over your life and you know i think we've grown up in a culture here now where for many years this is why john MacArthur got so much grief over his book the gospel according to jesus because he came out really sharing about this and saying when he talked about the gospel according to jesus he was talking about the good news well we tend to think of a western mindset for us the good news is about us mm-hmm. in the jewish mindset the good news is about god he reigns mm-hmm. if he doesn't reign is there any gospel no no there's not so his lordship and saviorhood are two sides of the same coin but we have a lot of people that want to divide those and say, well, I want him to be my savior. In fact, I've heard testimonies. Well, I accepted Jesus as my savior when I was 12, but I didn't make him Lord till I was 40. Oh, so you mean for 28 years, you lived apart from his leadership in life, but you were his, right? Well, yeah. Well, the reality is we were his from your time you were born. If you're his, we don't know who those apply to or not i mean the only people that truly know who are his are him and them mm-hmm. <laughs> right yeah because he's written the name down in the lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world but we also have a responsibility to respond and so in first john 2 when it says they departed because they were never part of us there's something to be said about the perseverance of the saints his spirit will continue to refine and grow you. You may not understand everything about his lordship at salvation, but you will not reject his lordship at the moment of salvation because the Holy Spirit won't do that. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it doesn't. I'm sorry to get us so off track, but That's I thought okay. it was an important uh, distinction to make. And, you know, I agree with you, and I thought it was good just to kind of bring it up for the No, that's good. Good question. So.
All right, we will be back with more after the break, and then we will be getting into um, the criteria for leadership, what uh, God's leaders look like. So stay tuned. Uh, You're listening to SWAT Radio. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Look down from a broken sky, traced out by the city lights. My world from a mile high, best seat in the house tonight. Touchdown in the cold black top. Hold on for the sudden stop. Breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos. That is Give Me Your Eyes by Brandon Heath. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7 this week. We talked on Monday about the problem of division and distraction. We got into it a little bit today just with what's been going on uh, in the news. But then we also talked about yesterday the priority of God's shepherds. And today I got us a little sidetracked, but we are talking about the people God uses to lead the church. So if you have any questions about that um, or you'd like to join the discussion, you can call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. Again, that's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Since I got us off track, we will do our best to get to you, but we got to get through this first. So <laughs> well, just a fair warning. Well, there. well, here's the thing. You know, we're, we're in Acts 6, 1 to 7, and um, it is a short passage. I'm going to have you read it one more time, and hopefully you'll get Prochorus and uh, Nicanor and Parmenas okay this time. Well, so I, the third time is the charm, right? And you just so, said them, and that's going to make me just I'm, – I'm, I'm going to mess up. No, you're, you're <laughs> going to do it good. But anyway, before you read, I just want to let people know that Monday we talked about the problem God reveals of division and distraction. This is the first division within the church, and it's because widows were being neglected. There were Hellenistic Jews, which means there were Jews that had come from other parts of the world to come to Jerusalem for the festival. And there were local Jews. And as they were being ministered to, because all these people did not go back after the festival was over because they were believers now and there was no church back in their home country. So they had no jobs. They had no food. And so the disciples were having to feed thousands. We're talking 10 to 20,000 people. And so... Uh, they were overlooking the Hellenistic Jews, those from outside of Israel, and it created a problem. Well, then we saw them enunciate the priority of God's shepherds, which was to devote themselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. We talked about that yesterday. 
And then finally, in verses 5 and 7, we see the people God uses to lead when there are problems in the church. And this is a real important part about leadership. And so read 1 through 7, then we're going to come back focus in on 5 through 7 about the men God raised up to lead. All right. Now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will anoint to do this duty. Or, excuse me, appoint, not anoint. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, Procurus and Nicanor and Timon and Parmenas and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. The, these they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. So in verse 3, uh, Peter says, or, or, or they said, uh, brothers, Pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint. So the people, uh, the people who have the most at stake should be the ones who lead. All seven names are Greek names. They're all Hellenists. They're all people from outside of, or they're Hellenistic Jews. They're all from outside of uh, Jerusalem. And so those men were selected, but then the apostles, because they were the authority structure God put in place, selected those and affirmed them. So don't miss the two-part process. One, they let the people who had the most at stake choose the ones who would serve, and then they were affirmed and and kind of endorsed with 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 the laying on of hands. So a, a question there, when it says, therefore, brothers, is it talking just about the Hellenist brothers, or is it talking about the whole body of believers? Well, the the word brothers there can actually mean men and women. Yeah, it's, it's, I, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's brothers and sisters right, in right. some translations. But I'm saying, was brothers. it just the Hellenists that they were talking to, or were they talking to the full body? No, 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 they're talking to the full body yeah, there. Yeah, so... So that means that the Hebrews, uh, uh, they also agreed to this this they name of did. these people, which is you know pretty interesting to me. It would seem that it wasn't a a spiteful neglecting of the widows, but rather just you know kind of no, it was just an oversight, that, yeah. and that can happen in churches. Mm-hmm. People can get overlooked. Yeah, it's not intentional, and see that the enemy wants to use that and attack. He wants to bring division. But notice what they say. They said pick seven. Seven was the traditional number appointed for any Jewish business to do business in a new city. So let's say uh, I wanted to go to Jericho and open up a business. I would take six other guys and go because you had to have seven. You know, seven's always a good Jewish number, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was the traditional number. But notice what they said uh, in verse uh, five. It says, And what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith. They chose Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas. These were seven men. And the word there uh, for men that was mentioned was the word andros. 
Now, there's two Greek words for men in the Bible, anthropos and andros. Andros is the Greek word for male. Anthropos is the Greek word for mankind, more inclusive of all, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, Luke was specific when he wrote andros there. He is saying men, men, men are. If you look at Titus, you look at First uh, Timothy, men were part of God's design to lead in the church. And on Friday, uh, we'll get into us a little more, and people can call. We'll have Friday will be an open day. By the way, tomorrow we have Ryan Jorgensen. Ryan is starting a church in uh, um, North, uh, North St. John's County mm. called Salvation Church. And he's going to be sharing about that tomorrow on air. And I'll be interviewing Ryan. Ryan is um, from up in the, um, uh, I think, Indiana or Iowa. Oh, no. Like area. Yeah. 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 Okay. He's from up there. I think Iowa maybe. And then he went to Indiana or or vice versa. But anyway, he's going to be sharing about uh, church tomorrow. Where in St. John's? Uh, uh, I Do you think know it's what road? Or like uh, near uh, Fruit Cove maybe oh, okay. or yeah. in that area. Yeah. But uh, he'll be sharing about that tomorrow, and I just want to let our listeners know about that before we go off air here pretty soon. But And then Friday, we will, me and you are going to talk about this whole issue of men in leadership because in our culture right now, if you start talking too loud about that, mm-hmm. yeah. you will get such blowback uh, because it's seen as chauvinistic, like I said earlier, and patriarchal. And but God's word is clear about the design nature of it, and we'll talk about that on Friday. But the second thing uh, characteristic it says from among you. I mean, they didn't go outside the camp. You know, they they mm-hmm. they they said you pick people from among you and put them forward. And the guy that we're going to talk about next week that we're talking about this week at SWAT. It, the first guy on the list is a man full of faith in, in the Holy Spirit, Stephen. And Stephen is a catalyst and he's a, a, a bridge between the apostles and Paul. And, and so the church for the Jewish people and really the, the outreach to the Gentiles. And so we're going to look at him next week on air. And uh, if you want to get a head start, you can j- come to Jumping Jacks tomorrow. But Stephen was from among them. All these men were, they all had Greek names. But notice the third quality, he says, they should have a good reputation. Now, a lot of times when we select leaders, we just see if there's anything bad about them. But that shouldn't be the only criteria. We should see if there's anything good about them, too. We, we don't just want people that nothing bad said about because that could just mean they're not around people. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or they've done a good job of just not being involved. But we want people of a good reputation, people that are known for their, uh, you know, yieldedness to God's word, for being full of the spirit, being wise. So men who are from among you, who have a good reputation, he says, full of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, that means yielded to God and his word. You know, there's such um, different views on what it means to be filled with the Spirit, but it means to be yielded to his word and his plan. That's what that means, full of the Holy Spirit. 
and and that's a quality of leaders in the church. So if you are trying to frame a ministry, you're trying to figure out how to handle a problem there, and you you want to select some men to oversee that, make sure that they are full of the Holy Spirit under his control with a good reputation, and they have uh, things at stake there because the ones with the most at stake are the ones who should be leading that effort. They have buy-in. And then finally, he says they should be full of wisdom. He said, let them be full of wisdom. Um, and, you know, when it's they set these men before the apostles, it says they prayed and they laid their hands on them. That just means they symbolize giving them their authority to go out and do stuff. And, you know, we're going to talk about wisdom a lot more next week, but I'll simply say this. We live in a culture that confuses knowledge with wisdom. Mm-hmm. Knowledge and information is not wisdom. Knowledge and experience isn't wisdom. But knowledge and experience that is used uh, in a mature way, that's wisdom. And so we're going to we're gonna talk about that more next week, but I just want to point out one other thing before we go off the air here pretty quick, is in verse 7, it said, the number of disciples continued to multiply greatly, and then it adds this, a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. And I just find it interesting that he throws that in there at the end. It's almost like the priest saw a different style of leadership than they exercised Mm. in the Sanhedrin Mm -hmm. because they went to the people that had the grievance and those people ended up being the ones who corrected the problem. There was a trust in delegating that out. So Mm. remember Ryan Jorgensen will be here tomorrow talking about Salvation Church down in the St. Augustine, St. John's area. Hope you'll join us, okay? All right. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio, and you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spirituality.